Hello and welcome to the uh, first edition of Pat's Podcast in the new year. This is a very exciting day and uh, I'm sitting here at the unofficial home base for Pat's Podcast Feast Sandwich Company in East Greenwich. Uh, you may remember the fascinating first Pat's Podcast starring John Feast from Feast uh, and our lengthy discussion of uh, how he cooks food and how he does magic. And remember, anytime you come to Feast, ask John to do a card trick. He loves it. He'll pretend like he doesn't love it. As a matter of fact, he may yell at you and try to throw you out, but he really does. And I'm sitting here today with Dr. Mark Tertian, uh, the starting shortstop for the Feast softball team. And uh, he won't tell you this, but probably my best friend in the world. If you look at my Facebook page, Mark is uh, part of the uh, picture there and it appears that Whitney Houston has appeared in the background of the podcast, so that's exciting. Welcome back, Whitney. Uh, Mark is the co-owner, I would assume, yep. of a company that is very easy to remember the name of. It's Direct Doctors. And uh, Mark, obviously my first question is, why is that name so difficult for me to remember? It seems like a pretty easy one, Well, actually. <clears throat> can we just go DD or something? You can go DD. All right. That is what I will refer to the company as now, because I actually took the time to write it down in front of me, which is a little embarrassing. Tell me what DD does, Mark. Yeah, so we are um, family medicine doctors, so trained to cover uh, and treat people of all ages um, for comprehensive primary care. And um, so we're essentially a, a, a traditional primary care practice with a bit of a twist. So we are a direct primary care practice, just to get the D words really confusing. The, the, the model we use is direct primary care. Our practice is called direct doctors. And essentially direct primary care has been around for probably 10, 15 years in other parts of the country. We're the first and only still in Rhode Island. Um, and the, the sort of, there's lots of reasons why we do this, which I'm sure we'll get into, but we take the insurance piece out of it, so we don't bill insurance for anything that we do. Um, so we charge a monthly fee that's based on age, so all of our patients pay a monthly fee to visit our practice. Um, and there's lots of reasons why we do that, but it makes, it makes our practice a little unique, especially in Rhode Island, which is very traditional in the insurance sense. All right, and when you say to visit your practice, where is the practice located? So we are in North Kingstown, right in Wickford. Um, on Phillips Street, so... Uh, scenic Wickford? Scenic Wickford, yeah. Oh, right off Route 1. Wow. Going into Wickford. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And But now I've seen commercials for DD, yeah. and it's not only office visits, correct? Right. So we, well, we, we do as much as we can. So we have, um, we will do office visits, we will do home visits. I think the unique thing is... And the direct part of it is our patients have direct access to us, which is why we set up the practice this way. So in one, in one sense, we don't have staff, so it's just me and Dr. Lauren Hetty. And in the other sense, patients have direct access to us. So our monthly fee covers phone calls, emails, texts, in-person visits, Skype visits, procedures, vaccines. Um, when people call, call our office or my patients call, they're calling my cell phone and they're calling me when they're texting our practice, they're texting me, so they're getting an answer by me, um, so everything is direct. That's how you remember the name. Um, so our monthly fee covers all of that. We don't charge co-pays for visits or for procedures. It's just the monthly fee that covers everything we do. So we have some folks who 
are fairly healthy and we see or talk to once or twice a year. And then we have other much more complicated folks who I probably talk to every week, every other week, um, and come in for visits and, and need a lot of help, which is why they sort of sought us out as opposed to traditional primary care. All right, tell me all their names and all their <laughs> medical issues. Um, so you talk to those people more than you talk to me on a weekly basis? Unfortunately, yes. Oh, that yes, is probably. sad, but I'm glad that they have that service. Yeah. So, and in one of the commercials, it appeared to me that you were heading right into someone's house with your medical bag. Yep, I have a nice medical bag. Do you really? Yeah. Does it have your initials on it? No, it's got direct DD on it. Because it... <laughs> 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 like your tattoo on your arm. Right, exactly. Uh, because ironically, your initials on a medical bag would be MT. Right. Which would lead me to believe there's nothing in the bag. Not but, much in there. All right. And so how has it... How long has the business been open? Yep. So we've been open since August of 2014. Dr. Hetty started... Um, a month after she graduated residency, and then I was a year behind, so I started in July of 2015. So I've been there for three and a half years, but we've been open for essentially a little over four years at this point. And where did you do your residency? So we did residency at Brown Family Medicine Residency, which um, used to be the home base, used to be at Pawtucket in uh, Memorial Hospital, which unfortunately is no longer a hospital, so they're sort of spread out. But we did most of our training at Memorial Hospital, Hasbro, Rhode Island Hospital, and then clinics throughout the state. And, okay, one of the things that you mentioned is you guys don't get involved in insurance. Correct. Why is that? So, um, there's lots of reasons. I guess the main thing is really early in residency, which is why we started this right out of, of training, we sort of realized that traditional primary care wasn't something that we felt was particularly enjoyable from the patient or the physician side, and something that we weren't really interested in getting into. So, for instance, we thought that from the patient side, waiting three weeks to see a doctor for an acute issue, and then sitting in the waiting room for an hour, and then sitting in the the uh, clinic room for another hour and then seeing a doctor for five minutes, all of which he was typing on a computer with his back to you, wasn't necessarily good primary care. Um, and as physicians, we didn't actually like seeing 30 patients a day for seven and a half minutes at a time. That's actually the average time in America that you get to spend with your primary care physician in a visit. Um, so even if you're seeing a doc four times a year, you're seeing them for basically half an hour. Um, so we didn't think that was particularly good medicine. I think most traditional practices end up ordering, referring, prescribing sort of more than, than they need to, and primary care gets devalued in that sense. Every little thing gets sort of referred out to specialists to deal with, so most people feel that they need specialists for every little thing that comes up, when in fact good primary care can cover 80 to 90 percent of things that would ever come up in life. So we wanted a practice that was all-encompassing um, and that allowed us to get to know our patients, um, have multiple generations of patients in our practice together. <clears throat> feel like we're giving actual good personalized primary care. And hey, do you feel that what you guys originally intended and envisioned has come true? Yeah, yeah, definitely for the most part. It's been it's been slow and it's been sort of slow getting up. I mean, I think one of the reasons this hasn't taken off as much in Rhode Island is it's, it's a risk. I mean, I came out of residency where you don't make any money and starting July 1st, 2015, my salary was zero dollars. My salary is basically based on the do number... Do you work of... for Progressive Insurance? <laughs> What do you mean by zero <clears throat> Well, I didn't have any patients, so I didn't have anybody to pay me monthly yet. So, um, so it, it was a sort of a slow process. Now we have about uh, 650 patients between the two of us, um, which is great. It's actually probably faster than we could have imagined. Um, and we have patients with all walks of life. I sort of put patients in two categories. We have sort of half our patients are either uninsured or have really high deductible plans, like seven, eight, nine, ten thousand dollar deductibles. So functionally, they are uninsured. They're paying for everything anyway. Um, they often save money by coming to us, and I could talk more about that. 
And then the other half have, you know, Medicaid, Medicare, or private insurance through their company, their employer, where they're not necessarily saving money, but they just like the service better than traditional primary care. And one of the things, obviously, your patients have to be concerned with is the cost, because I'm yeah. assuming to have your cell phone number or instant access to you would be probably a million dollars a year? It's close. I'm yeah. Guessing. It's close. No, so I mean, that's one of the things. Most people, when they hear about this practice initially, they think of concierge medicine. And concierge medicine has a sort of negative stereotype that it's only for the wealthy, only for wealthy people, which it is. <laughs> There's something wrong with that, but it is. Concierge docs usually charge $150 to $300 a month and bill insurance. So they're sort of double dipping. So if you have a high deductible, you're also getting copays paying lab fees, all of that stuff. Direct primary care doesn't bill insurance at all, and the fees are usually, when they did a nationwide survey, under the majority are under $100 a month. So our fees are $75 a month for adults under 65, adults older 65 are $100 a month, and kids, as long as there's a parent, also in the practice are 25 a month. So we try to make, fa we try to make it more affordable for families, since we like seeing kids too. All right, let me ask you this based yeah. on my appearance. I know you don't know my exact age, <coughs> but do you think I would be 75 a month or 100 a month? I'm going to say 75. Wow. Well, that's Maybe. the nicest, literally the nicest thing you've ever said to me, Mark. Um, what do you envision the future of the company being? Yeah, Other so than a name change that doesn't involve <laughs> D's and isn't very confusing. That you can remember? Pat's um, Medicine? Yeah. So I, I, I'm not sure we've totally figured that out yet. In one sense, we can just keep it the two of us, keep it really small, and other people can figure out on their own how to do it. In another sense, um, I think by the end of this year, we'll both be full, so we can, and I think what the plan right now is to add on another doctor and see how things go, um, and potentially open clinics in other part of the state. I mean, right now we're only in South County, um, or in North Kingstown, although we do have people coming from Lincoln and Westerly and Barrington to our practice, since we're sort of the only game in town in this sense. How, how do most people find their way to you, other yeah. than fascinating podcast interviews? Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure I'll get a lot from this. We have. Um, I don't appreciate the implication there. <laughs> I've had. Uh, I was looking at the other day. About 30% of my patients were direct patient referrals, which are the best way, um, and then that's been increasing. That's probably about 50% now, um, and those are the best because they sort of explain it and people understand what the practice is about, and then they're they're knowing that they're getting somebody that yes. their friend trusts. Uh, the other where Google searches, we do a lot of advertising with Google AdWorks and Facebook. So most people are finding us on social media on Google or, or directly referred through friends that are coming to me already. I have seen many videos that you guys put out and I always yeah. look forward to seeing them. I always like them and I always share them. Thank you. You're welcome. I feel like you make fun of them, but I'm glad that you share them anyway. I don't remember ever <laughs> making fun of them. Uh, it, nothing comes to mind right oh, away. Okay. Um, and what do you, well, you guys don't have a specific idea of how far you want to go with it. Yeah. You said by the end of the year you both anticipate being full. Yeah. And by that, do you mean having the maximum amount of patients you can carry? Yeah. And even that's sort of up in the air. I mean, I've, we've never done this, but so a typical primary care doc in this state usually has between 2,000 and 2,500 patients in their panel, uh, which to me is insane. I mean, I'm, maybe I'm not very smart, but I don't know how you know 2,500 people really well to be able to take care of them. Well, that's so, how many people listen to the podcast there every you go. week, so, there you go. so I must get, get used to I'll it. get some of them. So, um, and I just think that's too many. And, and again, not to bash insurance too much, but essentially the reason people have that many people in their panels because they need to see about 1% of them a day to make it all work with overhead and everything to keep the practice running. So right now I'm at, at about 400. I, I assume somewhere between 400 and 500 patients there will be some sort of nice point where I can still provide really good access, but I'm also full 
to the point that I don't think I could take on more patients. And what is the main contact that you have with them? I understand they can come to the office, yeah. they can call. What would you say the majority of your patient contact is? The majority is actually not in the office. We did uh, we looked at this in 2017, and about 40 to 45 percent of patient contacts were office visits. Everything else was was electronic, so either text, phone call, email, Skype. I haven't done a ton of Skype, but if people are traveling for work or in other parts of the country, and there's something I need to see, Skype or pictures that are texted to me work really well. Can I text you a picture of my knee and you can take a look at it? I can. I mean, no. I don't know. We'll work on that afterwards. Okay. All right. Uh, let's get to more important questions of a general nature that don't involve the business. Sure. One thing I've noticed about you a lot when I see you is that you're usually wearing Crocs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I want to tell you that's a bad choice. Okay. Uh, they're a major sponsor of the podcast, yep. which is ironic, yep. but... They look horrible. Okay. Um, I, I think they just, they're probably the most awful footwear I've ever seen. Why the cross? Um, Is it just to annoy me? Because if this, so, there are other ways to do it. At this point, sort of, although I, w I wear them to my basketball league, too. I wore them this morning to, to go play basketball. Not to play in them, but Oh, please it. tell me you play basketball <laughs> in cross. I don't play them in I, I Then I would come to the games. So just to make it even weirder, I got the Crocs initially to, to go to go on a sailing trip. Make this conversation weirder. Thank so, you. It's because I needed I needed some you know uh, water footwear, and apparently Crocs at that point 10, 12 years ago, uh, that's that's what you did. They were cool back then. Although I did see a, an article that they're they're becoming cool again. Anyway, so then I wore them essentially. Let's not be defensive <laughs> about this. We've talked about this before. You know my feelings. Then just I essentially wore the them truth. every day in residency because they were easy and I was working 24 hours at a time. And you certainly were not concerned with interaction with uh, human beings, I guess. No, and okay. the ones who were were sick and didn't really care what shoes I had on. And so well, now, really the only time I wear them now are to go to softball, to go to basketball. And that's or when you're going to see me. Yeah, or when. I might have them on now, but I'm not sure. Please tell me you don't. <laughs> I don't have them Thankfully, on. <laughs> this is a big table and I can't see. Um, do you feel guilty that you took my position in the softball team? Because I would probably be the best shortstop in the league, and then all of a sudden you come along and you start pouting because you're not starting well, and all this true. stuff. So how do you feel about I that? I was happily playing up the middle when Tump was there, and then Tump went to go play dodgeball all over the world, and I just sort of slid over. Hmm. Well, that seems hurtful to me because still that doesn't acknowledge how great I am. You are. Yeah, I just wish well, you would warm up before games. That would make me feel a little better. Well, like you, throw a ball. I don't know if you've ever played softball. It's not really that interesting, so I don't want to practice softball that's, before we play softball. That's fair. Uh, all right. One thing I ask everybody. Well, I've only done two of these, so I asked John because I remembered, yeah. and then Tump said dodgeball so much that I wanted to. <laughs> Just kill myself, and I didn't get around to asking. But any hidden talents that you have, what would be your number one hidden talent that no one else knows? It can't be something that Big Dan talks about all the time. I want to hear something unique. Let me give you an example. Yeah. I can spin pillows like nobody's business. Spin Go. pillows. So mine, uh, so that nobody knows, so I can play the trumpet. I have two trumpets in my house, although I haven't played them in a couple years. I used to, this is where it's it weird with my wife, I used to also ride horses, and then so my wife likes to tell everybody that I used to ride, ride horses while playing the trumpet, bare, like without a shirt on, so, that part, <laughs> wow. so that's what she tells everybody. Wow. But I can play the trumpet, I can ride horses, and I can juggle pretty well. Those are probably... I can juggle 
Uh, I juggle a fair bit. This yeah. seems to be uh, a skill mastered by people who didn't have a lot going on in high school. Correct. Yeah. You know, that's another question. I've seen pictures of you uh, in college, yeah. and uh, it seemed to be like a whole Vanilla Ice vibe going with the hair and everything. Any comment on that? I, know, I used to change things around back when I had hair. Uh-huh. Nice blonde hair. Oh. Some would call it nice. I used to sort of vacillate between putting a lot of stuff in it and looking like vanilla ice or just letting it grow to like this big curly fro and maybe it was the transition that really messed it up and then at 25 it all went away <laughs> now I have this lovely head and this was punishment for your prior <laughs> right. poor hair choices exactly wow exactly <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's the only thing I can assume anyway. that's, that's going to lead me to just sit and think now why can you play the trumpet uh, I just in I think it was in elementary school we had we had to play something so I started playing the trumpet and then I played it all the way through college I was in marching band and the jazz band not college sorry high school I did not play in college um, well that makes me sad about the college thing and it leads to my next question where are the pictures of you doing this in high school and sure, what was I, the uniform like oh the uniform is terrible we were we our, our colors were purple and gold. Oh, majestic. And so the, the marching band outfit was brutal. And we had to do, like, parades through the through our really... Our town is like Stanford, Connecticut, which, you know, it's like 100,000 people. So I had to, like, parade through downtown in this ridiculous outfit playing the trumpet. <laughs> it's not my favorite part. I really enjoyed jazz band and playing, but I did not like the marching band part. Do you know any good <laughs> songs? What is the best song you can play on the trumpet? The and song? can we make this happen outside at a softball game? Sure. I could not be more excited. What would be a great rallying song? Like, say I'm warming up for our next yeah. big game against the Red Devils. I'm stretching, I'm throwing, I'm taking swings. Working what am play. I being serenaded by on the trumpet? That's hard. I think the last thing I played was Felice Navidad, but that wouldn't really work with oh, softball. That's questionable. <laughs> My kid's like that one. It doesn't really work with softball, though. <laughs> No queen, no nothing no. getting us psyched up. Rocky, I mean, we were essentially like, playing like marching band songs, or we were playing jazz. So you'd have to pick one of those venues. You and know, now what? that I haven't played in a while, I got like a minute before I get tired and can't do it. Is it physically exerting to play the lips? Real? Yeah, you gotta work them up, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever said that to me. Can someone write that sentence down. You've got to work them up, Pat. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll work on my uh, lippage. Yep. The trumpet and horseback riding. Now, obviously, horseback riding has to do with the fact that you're from Stanford, and I assume that's the major mode of transport down there. Right, that's, that's the only way to get around. Yeah, it's either a really expensive Range Rover or a horse. <laughs> or a horse. Wow. Uh, so, no, I, I how to... long did you ride horses? Uh, a couple of years. I, was, I actually did it. When I went to a sleepaway camp in Maine from when I was 10 to 16. <laughs> so we're learning a lot today. And I used to do it there. Um, Where in Maine? It was right outside Augusta, Winthrop, Maine. Oh God, that's up there. So your parents really didn't like you. Yeah, they wanted to. Uh, that's not a bad idea. I keep I mean, trying eight, to send you away during me. the summer. Yeah. Eight weeks without you, I would be heartbroken. Would you? Not really. Oh. I was just saying that to be nice. Sorry. You know, we're in like cell phones or computers or anything. I used to write. We got to write letters home every week. That's how we communicated. Well, you're not that much. I, I mean, you're significantly younger than me. But when you were, I mean, this wasn't last week, right? No. This was in the early 90s. So what the hell would there be for cell phones and computers? I'm saying there weren't any of those. So we just oh, I wrote oh, letters oh, home. I thought, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant... No, no, no. I thought you meant they took them away. Like <laughs> no, no, no. Commodore 64 was confiscated <laughs> when you went in. They didn't, they didn't exist yet. Okay. All right. 
this has lit. Wow. I, now I have so many questions, but you know we're going to run out of time, and I can't imagine anyone being fascinated by my questions. Um, so, if I wanted to become a patient of direct doctors, yes. do I choose either you or your partner as my primary provider? Yeah, so we're both accepting patients. Some um, some new patients have a specific gender interest, so um, I think Dr. Hetty's panel is a little skewed more female, and mine's a little male, but we're probably 55, 54. 55, 45%. Um, so most, most people pick or just which one, if they don't have a gender preference, whichever one of us calls and chats about the practice is usually who they end up seeing. And so once I sign up, I can just call you every day and you're ethically okay. obligated to pick up the phone. Yes, yes. And there has to be times when you're playing softball or something that I can't get in touch with you. <coughs> and I'm just on my own. <laughs> just I'm just like, oh my god, Dr. Mark, I'm bleeding out, and so I call. There's always your... Google. I mean, so I have my phone on me at all times, even on the bench at softball. And you do spend a lot of time on the bench. Yeah. Uh, when was the last time you got a hit in softball? Just out of curiosity. Before I hurt my shoulder, probably. Oh, she does. <laughs> oh, making fun. No, of but essentially, injured. each of us are. I mean, I'm on call 24/7 unless I'm on vacation. If I am here, then then I'm always available. I think patients, for the most part, are pretty respectful about it. Um, you know, some people think it would be awful having patients have your number, especially that number of patients, but a smaller number of patients than a typical practice. And I think when people are, know you better and are more invested in you as a doctor, as I am as their patient, they don't call me at midnight to, you know, ask for a dosing of Tylenol. If they're calling me, if I'm getting woken up, it's an emergency and it's something they should be calling me about. All right, let me give you a very specific example that yeah. uh, happened to a friend of mine named, okay. let's say, Schmatch Schmistel and okay. his daughter Schmiegen. Yep. Uh, we were out one night at... Uh, uh, cellos on the water yeah. and I was spinning her around okay. holding on to both of her hands yeah and then at one point she looked up at me and she was no longer able to raise her arm up above her head ah. and uh, I then panicked and figured that I had ruined my daughter's pitching career yeah. she was three and a half at the time and we were going places with that and uh, then we had to go to Hasbro Children's Hospital yeah. for about I would assume seven days, so, yeah. and then she was seen, and the 12-year-old doctor there popped her thing back in yep. in three seconds, yep. and then questioned me extensively about why I was abusing my daughter. <laughs> How would that experience have gone differently if I had direct doctors at that time? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> for things like that that I could probably deal with in the office, um, you know, even the, the other the other day I had to go back at 6 p.m. to do stitches on somebody. So, so if somebody... If there is an acute emergency that I, th I mean, we send people to the ER, but definitely with a, a lower frequency than typical practices do. But if there's something I can meet people after hours at the um, office and fix without them spending seven hours and two thousand dollars at the hospital, I'd much rather do that for them than just send people there for for fun. Well, that gives me a lot to think about, and now I feel silly for not being an earlier member of Direct Doctors. <laughs> I'm just looking down and saying Direct Doctors. I like that. You look at it every time. Again. You've gotten it right every time, so that's good. Because I wrote it out. Yeah. See, it yeah, says right there, Direct Doctors. And if I started reversing it now, that would be very embarrassing. All right. Um, well, this has been very informative. Um, I, so. I will be looking forward to pictures of you in the band outfit with I could, the I could probably find some. trumpet. I know you can because <laughs> I've seen pictures of you with the vanilla ice haircut and everything. Yeah. So I'm sure Dan has them somewhere. He might. Uh, is there anything you want to say about me and how wonderful I am or any well, questions you have for me? You know, you got a haircut today. Hair's looking wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. 
I think that's very nice to say. Starting in May, I'm happy to move up the middle if you'd like to play shortstop. No, 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 no. I, this, is, this is not where we'll, we'll work that out. Well, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, I think your business model is fascinating, and uh, now you're really going to regret this discussion because I'm sure my wife will sign up and we'll be calling you every, I would say, 38 seconds. That sounds good to me. With lumps and bumps and things that are going on, so yep. that'll be great for you. Well, um, for other people who, who don't know me as well, if you Google Direct Doctors or if you go to directdoctors.org. If you Google Direct Doctors, we're the first thing that comes up. But our nice. website is directdoctors.org. has a ton of information about us as the doctors and about the practice, how it works. And I would recommend going to Facebook immediately and okay. typing in Direct Doctors. Got lots and of videos. Watching the videos or just linking to my Facebook and yeah. all the videos are there. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. I don't know on if Facebook. that is or that. I'm so, assuming Twitter is dying. <laughs> Really. Our, our president yeah. uses that. He does, um, he does like it. Yeah, I've seen that. How do you feel about walls? No, 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 we're not going to do that. Uh, all right. Anything else you want to tell me about the business? Anything I didn't cover? Because this was a pretty thorough interview, but I know I went crock heavy, and I feel a little badly about <laughs> no, that. There are hard-hitting questions. No, I think it's... Uh, I think the majority of patients that find us are, are either A, looking to save money, or B, looking for a different primary care experience. So the, the thing we often hear is it takes too long to get into the doctor, my doctor doesn't know me, and it doesn't feel like I'm getting the care that I want out of primary care. So if, if people are feeling that way and want to give it a try or just want to call and chat about why the practice might work for them, we're happy to answer questions. I would recommend doing that right away. Mark is fascinating to talk to. I'm sure Dr. Laura is equally as fascinating, so I would do that right away. Well, Mark, I would like to thank you again for your time, and uh, that'll be it for today. Sounds wonderful. Thank you, Pat. Thank you.